Yo, this is Axel Rose of Guns N' Roses. Hey, this is Carmen Electra. Hi, this is Daryl Strawberry. What up, though? This is Big Snoop Deal Double G. Hi, this is Don Stallion. Hey, yo, Hulk Hogan here. What's up? This is Beyonce. I got a great show lined up for y'all. Hey, yo, yo, yo. Let's get this party started. The Sports Beat. You know what? Let's keep it hot. The Sports Beat is off the chain, man. Ah, yeah. The Sports Beat. Download the podcast now. You're listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. Hey everyone, welcome to the Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge on this Thursday morning. Great show for you. Great, great show. I'm going to talk about Ozzy Albies. And the legend continues with a walk-off three-run home run to defeat the Cincinnati Reds. And guess what? The Atlanta Braves are now tied for first place in the NL East. I'm going to talk about the Field of Dreams game. That is tonight in honor of the movie Field of Dreams. And what is the best baseball movie of all time? I'll debate that myself. And we got some NFL preseason tonight. Two games on the slate. Majority of the games this weekend. Congratulations to the Atlanta Braves for defeating the Cincinnati Reds. They were up 5 to nothing in this game. Then they blew a five-run lead and trailed 6-5 to five in the 11th inning. And the Atlanta Braves defeat the Reds 8-6 thanks to a three-run crushing walk-off home run by Ozzie Albies. And the Atlanta Braves are now 59-55, and an identical record from the Philadelphia Phillies, who are also 59-55, and after losing to the Los Angeles Dodgers once again at home, surprisingly, 8-2. Dodgers didn't even have their best pitcher out there. One thing that's funny about the Dodgers, David Price, he's usually their fifth starter, will only go like three or four innings. But the bullpen actually came through for the Dodgers. And now the Phillies and Braves are tied alone in the NL East. The New York Mets are a game back. The Atlanta Braves have one more game against the Cincinnati Reds, and then they will travel to D.C. to take on the Nationals for a three-game series. I called it. I said that the Braves could be in first place by the end of the weekend. And they're actually tied for first place. Braves fans, you've got to get excited. I think the Braves are in the home stretch that they could turn this thing around. And why are they here? They lost Ronald Acuna. Who would have thought after Acuna was lost due to that ACL injury, did you think the season was over? I was skeptical. I didn't realize that they were going to pull off the trades they did, getting Jorge Soler, Jock Peterson, and Adam Duvall, but Austin Riley has come up in the clutch. You have Ozzie Albies, great in the clutch as well. Freddie Freeman, the leader in the clubhouse. And the pitching is starting to come around. I thought that Tuki Toussaint did a good job. He couldn't get out of the sixth, and Joey Votto had two big home runs, and the Cincinnati Reds were able to come back in this game. But the Braves have been resilient, and this is the type of situation that can catapult them into the right direction and win the NL East for the fourth straight year and get into the postseason, having to avoid playing the Dodgers because they do not want to play the Dodgers. They lost to the Dodgers in the last three postseason series, including blowing the 3-1 lead in the NLCS in 2020. If you are a true baseball fan, you've got to get excited about tonight. I'm hoping to watch this game, although my TV does not get Fox. I'll try to watch it on the internet. The Field of Dreams game in... Paying homage to the classic Kevin Costner 1989 movie, Field of Dreams, one of my favorite baseball movies of all time, starring Kevin Costner, 
and James Earl Jones. Kevin Costner, a farmer in Iowa, had rich baseball history. His father played in the minor leagues, and he was a big fan of the Chicago White Sox and Shoeless Joe Jackson. Remember that scandal, 1918? The eight players suspended for life for blowing the World Series against the Cincinnati Reds. And Kevin Costner hears voices out in the cornfield. We all know the voices. If you build it, he will come. Well, who will come? Shoeless Joe Jackson? Well, spoiler alert, it's his father. Anyway, he builds a baseball field out in the cornfield. And these players come magically out of the cornfield And they appear and they play baseball. It's obviously not a realistic movie, but it is a very emotional movie. One of the best baseball movies of all time. you got to break these baseball movies down into categories. They really don't focus on the baseball that much. In fact, I was very disappointed when him and James Earl Jones were at the baseball game in Fenway Park. They were only there for like two seconds. I was like, what a waste. They wasted a ticket going to a baseball game. It kind of reminded me when I left the Chattahoots game early a couple of weeks ago. I think that Field of Dreams is one of the best baseball movies of all time. Kevin Costner's been in three baseball movies that I could think of. Bull Durham, For Love of the Game, and Field of Dreams. And in the movie The Upside of Anger, he was a former baseball player, but that is not a baseball movie. Kevin Costner knows baseball. Charlie Sheen has been in three baseball movies. Major League, Major League Two, and Eight Men Out. My favorite baseball movie of all time is Major League because it really focuses on the baseball itself. It's funny. Bob Euchre is just incredible as an announcer, and he's an announcer in real life. My favorite player was Willie Mays Hayes, played by Wesley Snipes. I did not like the fact that he was replaced by Omar Epps in Major League Two, but that's neither here or there. I think Wesley Snipes became a very big movie star, and that's why they did that. So my top five baseball movies of all time. One, Major League. Two, The Sandlot. Three, Field of Dreams. Four, Rookie of the Year. I know the critics hated Rookie of the Year, but I loved it. Just Henry Rowan Gardner, John Candy was the announcer. He breaks his arm, and now he can throw 100 miles an hour. Major League Baseball players like Barry Bonds and Bobby Bonilla makes cameos in the movie. And then my fifth favorite baseball movie of all time has to be Mr. 3000. Another movie that was slammed by the critics. Bernie Mac, he's this incredible hitter for the Milwaukee Brewers. He thinks he got his 3,000th hit. There was a game that was duplicated, so those hits didn't count. So he comes out of retirement nine years later to play in the major leagues. It's a very emotional movie. It was slammed by the critics, but I loved it. Uh, They said that Angela Bassett, what a waste of talent in that movie because this is just an acclaimed actress and she decided to do this movie. I loved Mr. 3000. Now, some of the worst baseball movies, Mr. Baseball, Tom Selleck, he goes to play baseball in Japan. It it was awful, and I can't think of anything else. Uh, I think Major League 3, Back to the Minors, was kind of awful. Awful baseball movies is like awful pizza. It's watchable. Like, awful pizza is edible. So, I like including the awful baseball movies. So the Field of Dreams game is tonight on Fox between the Chicago White Sox and the New York Yankees. I cannot wait for this game. But we also have NFL preseason tonight, and I'm wondering what's going to get a bigger rating. You got the Washington football team taking on the New England Patriots. It is announced that Cam Newton and Mac Jones will receive playing time in tonight's game. I'm interested to see who is going to be in the Washington football team's game. Ryan Fitzpatrick. You got the Pittsburgh Steelers going to take on the Philadelphia Eagles tonight. This is where we'll see Jalen Hurts 
Nick Mullins, and Joe Flacco all get playing time. And the Steelers will not have Ben Roethlisberger in this game. Mason Rudolph will make the start. Preseason football still gets a big number. This weekend, the Atlanta Falcons will take on the Tennessee Titans. This will be the return of Julio Jones, but I'm not sure if he's actually going to be in this game. One thing I'd like to see in this game is the backups. How well will they play, including backup quarterback Felipe Franks, who's been getting a lot of talk in training camp that he could be the next quarterback after Matt Ryan retires. Matt Ryan is 36. He's not going anywhere. I think Matt Ryan has at least five more years. I mean, Tom Brady's playing at age 44. Matt Ryan is in good shape. He never gets hurt. And when the times he does get hurt, it's very rare. He missed a couple of games in 2009, but that's neither here or there. Matt Ryan is very durable, and he is the leader that this team needs in this offense. Speaking of leadership, I feel the New Orleans Saints have taken a drop off because Drew Brees retired. He was limited as a quarterback, but that leadership in the locker room and on the field is intangible. Drew Brees, gone, retired. Now the quarterback competition is between Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill. Yes, the New Orleans Saints do have a talented team, but they are going to miss that leadership from Drew Brees. The Dallas Cowboys, I have not watched Hard Knocks yet. I know that all the focus is on Dak Prescott and his injury. Dak Prescott should be playing in the second preseason game. They are really ripping Mike McCarthy. I feel that Mike McCarthy is on the hot seat this year. If the Cowboys don't make the playoffs, he's gone as a head coach. The Dallas Cowboys look pretty good. I think they're going to win the NFC East. And I think that Micah Parsons as a linebacker and the defensive coordinator Dan Quinn could make a difference on this defense. All they got to do is get stops. Their offense looks great. Their offensive line is a little bit past their prime. Some of the players got injured. That could be a question mark. Ezekiel Elliott is going to run the ball. He's going to get his touches. C.D. Lamb, Amari Cooper, they got some talented wide receivers. I think the Dallas Cowboys will be fine. You got to remember that the media is all focused on the Dallas Cowboys. They get a huge number every time they play on national TV. In fact, they play the Buccaneers opening night. That is going to get a huge number because you have America's team going up against Tom Brady and the Super Bowl champs. And the Buccaneers would not get a big number if Tom Brady was not on that team. Let's be honest right there. The Buccaneers do have a very talented team. I think they have the best wide receiving core in all of football with the addition of Rob Gronkowski coming back, Antonio Brown, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans. Tom Brady has more weapons than he ever had in New England, and it is going to be fun to watch the Buccaneers this year try to defend their Super Bowl championship. And can Tom Brady get his eighth ring, which is unheard of, incredible stuff. He's actually going to surpass Robert Ory. You remember Robert Ory, great NBA player, big shot Bob, seven rings. Talk about being in the right place at the right time. So we got NFL preseason. I'm a big 49ers fan. I'm going to try to watch the Kansas City Chiefs and the 49ers this weekend. I don't know if it's going to be televised. One preseason game I really would like to see. It's on the NFL Network, the Cleveland Browns, going up against the Jacksonville Jaguars. It's Tebow time in Jacksonville. Would like to see how Trevor Lawrence looks in the preseason game. And I'd like to see if Tim Tebow is going to get some passes thrown to him. You know, as I do this show every day, some of the things that I miss in the sporting world, yeah, I'd like to bring up now. I want to talk a little bit about Alden Smith. 
Because as a 49ers fan, I remember when the 49ers drafted him in the first round in 2011. He just came out the gate, was defensive rookie of the year. He was getting sacks everywhere. And he was the cornerstone in some of those teams that went to three straight NFC championships and the Super Bowl in the 2012 NFL season. Alden Smith had some off-field problems. Really, really bad. I remember when he was cut by the 49ers. I remember that was the 2015 offseason, and it was just a disaster for the 49ers. Jim Tom Sula was their head coach. They lost Frank Gore, Michael Crabtree, Patrick Willis. They lost a lot of players, including Alden Smith. And Alden Smith actually got signed by the Raiders, and then he was suspended by the league, and then he came back years later. He came back in 2019, and he signed for the for the Cowboys, and then the Cowboys released him, and then the Seahawks picked him up in April, and I'm just laughing because I know the Seahawks are desperate to get a pass rush, but they picked a really sketchy guy, and they just released him. Call it like it is, when you take a player with the off-field problems that they have, you are taking the risk. And what are the Seahawks doing? They got Josh Gordon a couple years ago, and then they re-signed him, trying to get weapons for Russell Wilson. They've made some bonehead trades, including trading Max Unger, the Pro Bowl center, to the Saints for Jimmy Graham. they just all about getting Russell Wilson weapons. They are wasting Russell Wilson's prime and I know the one Super Bowl he had was early in his career. They weren't paying him anything. That team was designed around the Legion of Boom and Marshawn Lynch. That team does not exist anymore. Russell Wilson is carrying the Seattle Seahawks to a winning record. One thing about Russell Wilson, he's going to be durable and he's always going to have a winning record. He is going to find a way to win games. That might not be enough in a stacked NFC West with talented quarterbacks like Matthew Stafford and Kyler Murray, and Jimmy Garoppolo and Trey Lance, because I think both quarterbacks are going to start this year. I'm not a Seahawks hater. I'm a 49ers fan. I really didn't have a dog in the fight until the Seahawks became the 49ers' biggest rival 10 years ago when it was Jim Harbaugh going up against Pete Carroll. I've had respect for the Seahawks. I felt that what they've done getting Russell Wilson was a home run but they did not surround him with the talent he needs to win. If you look at Tom Brady, he's running the show in Tampa Bay. He's getting all the weapons that he needs. Matthew Stafford going over to the Rams. He's got a great wide receiver core. I think the Rams are going to be a team to look out for in the NFC West. And, of course, me being a big 49ers fan, I think the 49ers have a shot at winning the NFC West. I mean, hey, I was the one that said they were going to win the Super Bowl. I mean, come on. Talk about your hot sports take. You remember back when I was doing the show, I was doing hot sports take Thursday. That was awesome. That really was awesome. Oh, I love the show. I love the fact I can just be myself in the show and just talk about whatever I want. NBA Summer League. Oh, wow. It's just great seeing all these rookies. I think Jalen Green looks like he could stand out and become a talented rookie for the Houston Rockets. And one of the reasons why is the Rockets don't have any players. I think Jalen Green is going to be putting up big numbers, but I'm not sure if he's going to be the best rookie coming out of this rookie class. I think Jalen Suggs is going to be the best rookie coming out of this rookie class. College football, and all the talk is who is going to be Alabama. Alabama, the favorites to win the national championship. 
That would be Nick Saban's seventh national championship with the Alabama Crimson Tide, and he would pass Bear Bryant. Nick Saban is not going anywhere. He has a lot of faith and trust in his quarterback, Bryce Wilson. Bryce Wilson is looking great in practice, and I think the Alabama Crimson Tide are the team to beat. But I also feel that this season is going to be the biggest obstacle for him because right now I'm looking at their schedule. They got two games that are going to be very tough to win those games at Florida and at Texas A&M. Say what you want. The Alabama Crimson Tide do not look as good as they were last year. Last year, Mac Jones was on fire. He had two top 10 wide receivers he was throwing to. And Najee Harris, a very underrated running back that I think the Steelers are going to love this year. I think he is going to surprise a lot of people this season. And the Alabama Crimson Tide has always had one of the best offensive lines in college football. They don't have Steve Sarkeesian anymore. I know that Bill O'Brien is going to be a good offensive coordinator. And I know that they lost a lot of players to the NFL. But these teams have studied Alabama. Alabama has a target on their back. And yes, you can move the ball against Alabama's defense. They are not as good as they were. That lockdown corner from last year's team, Patrick Sertain, he's in the NFL. They don't have a lockdown corner. If you have a good quarterback that can throw to wide receivers, that's one thing that I think that if Georgia had Dominique Blaylock and George Pickens, I think that Georgia has a shot because they can throw the ball down the field with wide receivers. I think JT Daniels is that quarterback that can throw the ball down the field against Alabama, but he is not as mobile, and I think that's why if Georgia plays Alabama in the SEC championship game, it could be the same situation over again. But remember, the last three years that Georgia played Alabama, Georgia had a double-digit lead on Alabama. Kirby Smart has figured a way to just go out the gate against Alabama they punch him in the mouth, but they can't close the deal because Kirby Smart could not close it in all three of those games. One of those games, it was a 28-14 lead, and they lost that. And if you look back at the national title game, in comes Tua Tagovailoa in the second half. In the SEC Championship game the following year, in comes Jalen Hurts after Tua Tagovailoa got injured and still Georgia could not figure out how to stop Alabama, and we could all remember the fourth and two Justin Fields fake punt play. I don't really want to get into that. Last year, they had a double-digit lead on Alabama, and they still could not get the job done. Last year, they had a lead on Alabama at halftime, and they still could not get the job done. Well, that's it. That's my show. Thank you once again for listening to my podcast. Don't forget, like and subscribe. To my Facebook channel, you could just type in the Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge, and I'm right there on Facebook. Stay tuned for tomorrow's show. I do have an announcement on this show. I will only have one show next week. It will be on the 20th of August. That will be primarily my high school football preview show for West Georgia and Eastern Alabama area. You don't want to miss that if you're a big high school football fan because I will get into detail about the upcoming games, including the game that I have a lot of investment into, Russell County taking on Smith Station. I am the PA announcer for Russell County, so I will focus on that game a lot. That is a road game at Smith Station. Their first home game is August 27th against Barber County in Seal, Alabama. You don't want to miss that. Tickets are going on sale. It's going to be great. I hope that everybody has a great day, and I will talk to you tomorrow.
Bye, everybody. You've been listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdry. We invite you to download and subscribe. You can find us on Anchor, Spotify, Google Cast, Stitcher, iTunes, or wherever fine podcasts are found. Thanks for listening. Feel free to share with your friends and family. This has been The Sports Beat, with your host, Richard Holdry. Produced in Columbus, Georgia. Extra production provided by J.D. Matthews. All opinions stated herein are those of the host and do not represent the opinions of Anchor Podcasts. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved.